Welcome to the Fairview Church Podcast. At Fairview Church, we are dedicated to reaching our neighbors with the true freedom found in full surrender to Christ. To find out more about our church, including service times, location, and current sermon series, please visit us online at www.myfairview.org. would ask if you would remain standing in honor of reading God's Word. We have a short passage this morning from John chapter 10, verses 10 through 11. A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, good morning. Welcome to Fairview Church. If you're a guest this morning, just want to thank you for being here. My name is Brant. serve as lead pastor here at Fairview and honored you chose to be here. We know some of you all may have come because you were connected with the missions market over the weekend. And so that was an incredible event. So thankful for all the work that went into that uh, with the Aldritz leading that effort, but so many people who served and were part of that. And so uh, if you are here because of that, we're just honored that you chose to worship with us this morning. I want to let everybody know about an opportunity that's coming up. Some of you all know Dustin and Sarah Lolly. The Lolly family has been part of Fairview Church for uh, over a year now, and Dustin and Sarah have led us in worship several times uh, as a church. Well, Dustin is the lead singer of a band called Sanctus Real, and some of you all may know uh, in the Christian world may know Sanctus Real. Well, they are going to be doing a tour, and he said, hey, what if we did a free show for Fairview just to express our support? And we said, yes, let's do that. And so that is going to be coming up quick, October 5th, Wednesday night. It's a free show, completely free, right here at Fairview, and it'll be at 6 o'clock. And so we would love for you guys uh, to be here, as well as inviting your friends, and hope to just make it a great night here uh, and just support them as they begin. their. their this is the new leg of their tour that they'll be going on out of uh, this concert. So again, encourage you guys to be part of that. Yep, we got a graphic there on the screen. Well, hey, as we have been moving through the Gospel of John, uh, the focus of this sermon series is reframing Jesus. And what we want to uh, do as a result of this sermon series is ask ourselves, where is our vision of Jesus, who Jesus is, coming just from our own internal ideas or maybe ideas that have simply been handed down to us uh, rather than who Jesus is as we find him in the scriptures. And so the gospel of John has been leading us along this journey of reframing our understanding, our image of Jesus. And the image which we saw last week, and we're going to continue to think about this morning, is that of a good shepherd. And what I shared with you, some pictures, some paintings from the early church, the first few centuries, we know that that image of the good shepherd was really this predominant image. And so we find paintings in these churches of Jesus as a shepherd with sheep around his neck, sheep gathered around him, his flock, and this idea that Jesus is our protector, our provider, the one who gives us peace. And it is in this good shepherd uh, that we, we find really our place in the flock. And so Jesus, as the good shepherd, calls us to follow him as sheep on a certain way. 
on a certain path. And that's what we're going to consider this morning. First, that is the path or the way of life. Verse 10, I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. Now, what is abundance? Lots. Okay, that's good. What you think, buddy? Many things. That's good. That's good. Fullness, this, this overflowing. It's, it's the idea not simply of a quantity of years, but a quality of years. There's a quality of life, of abundance that Jesus has come to give his sheep. And so Jesus says, I have come that they may have this life, that we here this morning may have this life and life abundant. What is it that keeps us from this life, this abundant life, that Jesus desires for us. We see from the very beginning of the scriptures in Genesis, the first words of the deceiver, the serpent that kind of entered the scene are that you cannot trust God. You cannot trust that God has your best interests at heart. You cannot trust that his definitions of good and evil, of his calling on your life, uh, that ultimately God is not out for your good, but he is out to keep something from you. And so in response to that, the serpent does not say, follow me. He simply says, follow your own desires, right? Determine good and evil for yourself. Do what it is that you want to do. And so what happens is out of this place of God being the primary authority, the primary provider, living in dependence on him, and then reflecting his image to the world around us, now humans put themselves in the place of God. And we are the ones who have to provide for and protect ourselves. We are the ones who ultimately have to make the people and the situations work in our orbit, right? We run the show, as we've seen in the past few weeks. And the problem with this is simply that we're not capable. That job description is too high for us. It is impossible for us to be God, to run the show on our own. It causes destruction in our own lives and the people around us. We see the unfolding of this in the early chapters of the Bible. And this is where we find the words of the Proverbs 14.12, which says, there is a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way to death. There's a way that seems right to us, that seems to fulfill our desires, that seems to accomplish our goals, and yet it ultimately leads us to destruction. Now, this is something that is as current today as ever, because in this context in the West, at the time in which we live, self is to be actualized, to fulfilled, uh, that, that there, is, there is this focus on the self and in individualis, individualism uh, that's, that's really unprecedented, right? And so in light of this, there is another image that we are given, which is we are consumers. And this is very much what we are meant to believe that the idea of ourself as consumers is really important to this overall system working well. And so what we find is advertisements and, you know, all of these things, images that we see and read, reveal all of our different needs 
And then they show all of the ways in which these products will meet those needs. And so there is a way in which this, this role of consumer uh, is, is really supported. And, and we are meant to see ourselves this way from a cultural standpoint. The question is, is it working? I mean, we have unprecedented access to products and experiences. We have unbelievable wealth, and we have, over the past few years, had an incredible amount of comfort. Has it worked? Well, the answer is that it hasn't. The numbers, when you look at America today, anxiety, depression, and suicide numbers are out of, I mean, unprecedentedly high um, and the rates of people who are fulfilled and happy are, are ultimately at an all-time low. So what we're meant to see from all of this is that this, this picture of us as, as an individual who is a consumer who's meant to provide for our own happiness, following our desires in all of these ways, it's, it's doing exactly what it did in the garden, right? The same deception is leading us to experience destruction. And so Jesus comes into our day, just that he came into first century Israel, and he invites us to something different. We see that he looks with pity on those who are sheep without a shepherd. He says they are harassed and helpless. And this is what we're meant to see, that sheep are not meant to protect and to provide for themselves. That sheep who are on their own, who are individual, who are simply following their own desires, are sheep that are harassed and helpless. They're not capable of providing that. And so Jesus has come as the shepherd, and he's come to us to be our shepherd. But the problem, I think, in American Christianity is often we simply spiritualize this individualism of our culture. We just spiritualize kind of this process of self-fulfillment and this DIY spirituality uh, that's kind of presented. And yet what we find is that Jesus does not simply call for belief intellectually, but for following him. In Acts, as we're going through the book of Acts in our D groups on Wednesday nights, we see that the early church was called the way. Those who were part of this body of believers were followers of the way of Jesus. There was a way of living that Jesus had introduced and those who were part of this body were those who followed this way. And, and this is the question is, do we see ourselves as Christians based on our intellectual beliefs or a box that we might check or because we're actually following the way of Jesus? The way of living that Jesus has handed down to us. Now, obviously, beliefs are important in trusting in Jesus. Uh, We are saved by grace through faith, and, and this is all very important. But ultimately, it is to lead us to live a certain way. And so we're going to see what that way is next by following the way of love. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. You see, Jesus comes as the good shepherd not to take, and we've seen in the Gospel of John how the bad shepherds, representing by the leadership in Jerusalem over this Jewish system, how they were taking from the sheep. And in contrast to that, Jesus comes as the good shepherd who does not take from the sheep, but who gives his life, who lays his life 
down for the sheep. And those who follow the good shepherd, if, we, if he is the one who leads the way, the one who we follow behind, then we see that if he lays down his life for us, what are we to do? Well, 1 John 3.16 says, this is how we have come to know love. He laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And so there's much more to what it means to follow the way of Jesus, but this is where we start. Very simply, if our shepherd is the one who lays down his life for us, how do we as his sheep follow the way of our shepherd? We lay down our lives for the people around us, for our brothers and sisters. This is a very simple picture that the scripture gives us of following the way of Jesus. That we are those who enter into the context of our lives, who come into a church, who enter into the relationships around us, not as those who are seeking to get all that we can to meet all of our preferences and make everything work according to our agenda and make the show run the way that we run it to run, but that we enter in as those who lay down our lives for others. We see in Mark 10, 44 through 45, but whoever would be great among you, Jesus says, must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, Jesus is the foot-washing king. He's the king who comes and humbles himself to take the lowest role of a servant, of washing the filth off the foot of his disciples, and then he says, you go and do likewise. That this is at the core of the highest possible power coming to the lowest possible point so that the least in the world could become the greatest in the kingdom. And we are to follow this path. We are to take up the cloth and to be those foot washers and servants in the ways in which he calls us. And this is where we are reminded that every day, Jesus says, if you're going to be my disciples, you must Not simply actualize or fulfill yourself, but you must deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. So every day I have to remember, it's not about me. From the very beginning of the day, it's not about me, right? I am to be one as a follower of Jesus who has denied myself. And yet here's what we see that this self-denial, which again, while it seems like this would be the worst possible outcome, this, this focus on the self is actually what destroys us and the people around us. And so this denial of the self is actually what leads to God's best for us. But this is something that is accomplished not simply through thinking, but through doing. Does that make sense? So the self-denial, the death of self, doesn't happen just by thinking intellectually, but by doing things. By serving. And this is why our vision for the year as a church for 2022 has been encouraging and challenging those who are part of Fairview Church to be those who are servants, to be those who actually take up the towel, who serve the people in our spheres of impact. And so our vision that we cast for 2022 at the beginning of the year was to spend 22,000 hours serving 
in our spheres of impact. And our spheres of impact, just as a way of reminder, beginning in our home sphere, so the people immediately around us, and then in our church sphere, so here at Fairview Church, for those of you, this is your church home, and then in our community sphere, that we would serve the community, the larger community around us. And when we did the math, 22,000 hours was going to be a significant increase from what we had done. It was going to be a challenge. We really felt like it's possible, but it's going to take a lot of work. I want to tell you that so far from January through September, we have added up the hours, and these are just the hours that we have, again, as leaders, and we have served in our church sphere 11,794 our community sphere, 8,315, and our home sphere, and these are just the marbles because we don't know what you all do in your homes other than those who put the marbles in there, 2,880. That's a grand total of 22,989. Can we celebrate that? We never dreamed that I would be sitting here in September and having surpassed already. Now, this does not mean that you can quit serving for the remainder of the year. This is not, you know, hang up your cleats and celebrate the victory. Obviously, we want to continue to grow in this. It's been incredible, even just recently, the missions market and uh, the car clinic for single moms and widows, and even recently, just continuing to see the way Fairview Church has stepped into these opportunities to serve and so many ministries uh, who, are, who are in our community and organizations in our community uh, have been so thankful for those of you who served. And, and so, just incredible for me as pastor just to see the way you all have stepped into this and done an incredible job. And I know that the actual numbers are far higher than that. I know that there are many people who don't tell us anything and we have no way of knowing the things that you do, but it is so encouraging. We want to see that continue to grow. Um, and so uh, in, in just a moment, uh, Jay Bransford, in fact, Jay, you can go ahead and come up. Jay Bransford's going to come up. And Jay and his family, uh, Andrea and Graham, served in Thailand when I came and, and served for many years before that. And they were sent out from Fairview Church. And so some of you all who have been part of the Fairview Church family uh, have known the Bransfords. And so we're thankful for the way that they followed this call of Jesus, the, the call that led them uh, to serve across the globe in some specific ways with trafficking and, and reaching the folks in Thailand. Um, and, and they continue to do that. And Jay will talk a little bit more. Uh, you do have a postcard. So most of you, when you came in, should have received a postcard. And so Jay's going to tell you in a little bit uh, an opportunity to do something with that. But I'm going to hand it over to Jay, and Jay will share with us. Thank you, sir. Okay. Hello, Fairview. Great to see you all. Um, yeah, so I'm going to quick say it was about 20 years ago that I got baptized in this church. Wow. Um, I was just thinking about that 20 years ago. And some of you are looking around thinking, how in the world do I, have I never seen this guy before? That was 20 years ago. But, um, it was about 18 years ago that this church sent my wife and my son and I onto the mission field. And we are so forever grateful for that. It's great to be back. It's been three years since we've been able to share with you and say hello. So I'm uh, thrilled to get a chance to just briefly talk with you today and give you an update. Um, it's actually, it was two years ago about that we, the three of us, returned to the United States and left the mission field. Um, and it's, as you might imagine, it's been a 
a huge transition for us to come back, um, moving our lives back overseas from, from Asia to here, um, getting our son set up to go to university and adjust to living in a culture that uh, he has very little experience with. Y'all are probably thinking, it's just the United States culture. What's, what's unique about that? But it's totally different from Asia, and that's what he was used to. So that's been part of our transition, as well as um, finding a job. So leaving the mission field, needing to find a job, and needing to find somewhere to live, a home. So it's been an interesting last couple of years. Um, but uh, I want to just first take time to say thank you, and then secondly, give you guys a quick update on what we're doing, and uh, as well as our ministries in Asia. Um, so f- let me start with a thank you. It's, it's hard to sufficiently say thank you to you all, but... Fairview Church, all of you, uh, have supported us financially and prayerfully for 16 and a half years on the mission field. And we are just so, so thankful for that support and that care and that love that we experienced from you. So thank you. Uh, words can't express enough the thanks that we have, but uh, you all allowed us to be on and stay on the mission field, and we're just deeply appreciative of that. So thank you. Thank you. Um, Quick update about the three of us, as well as our ministries in Asia. Um, as I mentioned, uh, we, we returned to the U.S. just over two years ago, about two years ago. So it was in the midst of the beginning of COVID, right? And our last few months on the mission field, we lived in Thailand. Thailand was in complete lockdown, the last three months that we lived there. And when I say complete lockdown, it means we weren't allowed to leave our house except to go to the market to get food for three months. Imagine that. So we spent three months playing badminton in the front yard of our house. That's it. Um, What it also meant was that for the last three months we had in Thailand, we didn't get to see our friends or talk to our friends. We didn't get to see our work colleagues. We didn't get to interact with all the people we reached out to and ministered to for our last three months. So literally, our last day in Thailand, we packed up, we went to the airport, we flew away, never having any goodbyes. And I have to say, it was probably one of the worst ways to leave the mission field because we got absolutely zero closure and zero goodbyes for all of the years of work there. So over the last two years, we've tried and tried and tried to get back to Thailand just for a short trip so that we could say our goodbyes and, and get that closure that we needed. And I'm thankful to say that after several attempts of purchase tickets and cancel tickets back and forth and several times, because of the crazy COVID restrictions around the world, we had to cancel multiple times. But last June, we were finally able to get back <clears throat> And we saw our friends, we saw our colleagues, we saw the people we ministered to, and we just had a wonderful time reconnecting and saying our goodbyes. So we're thankful for that. Um, You know, when we first came back to the States, Fairview was here for us, and you guys were a great blessing. You guys may know, we stayed in the missions house for months when we first got back. Um, because we didn't have a job, and we didn't have anywhere to live. So that was a great blessing. Another thing to say thank you to you all for. Uh, during those months, first months back, we all three got COVID, and, and I had it such that uh, pretty badly. So I, I'd get up and walk across the, the house here for about a minute, and then I'd say, 
I got to lay down for two hours, right? And that happened for about a month for me. Um, but in the midst of, of having COVID, God provided a job for me, as well as allow, he allowed us to, to purchase a home. So huge blessing. Um, yeah, God provided a, a great job for me leading up a, a Christian not-for-profit uh, that is called the Best Christian Workplaces Institute, or BCWI. It's a mouthful. Um, and so I get to work with this organization that works with Christian organizations around the world now. And our purpose is to help equip and inspire Christian leaders to create an engaged, flourishing workplace. And a church is a workplace, right? Um, because we believe that Christian-led organizations, any organizations that's led by a Christian, ought to set the standard as the best, most effective place to work in the world. Every Christian-led workplace ought to set the standard. I don't know if you guys agree, but when you walk into a church, it ought to be a healthy place. It ought to be a place you say, man, I'd love to be there. I'd love to work there. When you walk into some Christian-run not-for-profit or a Christian business or a Christian school, you want to walk out of that place thinking, what an awesome, amazing place. I, I would be proud to be a part of that place and I'm proud to work there. So that's what, that's what the Best Christian Workplaces Institute helps to create in other Christian-led organizations around the world. And uh, so I'm just blessed. I get to work with uh, hundreds of churches and Christian not-for-profits and Christian schools and universities and even Christian-led businesses uh, around the world. That's what I'm doing. Um, great blessing for me. My, our son, so you guys... If, for those who were around many years ago, when we left for the mission field, our son was two years old in a stroller. And now, did anybody notice the guy playing acoustic guitar here in the ministry group? That, was, that is our son. So he's, he's grown up, and he's sitting over here. So Graham, um, he's now 20, and uh, he is starting his third year at Trevecca now, studying music and worship ministry. We're super proud of him. He just started a, an internship at a, at a local church in the, in the worship department, which he's excited about. And um, you're going to get a chance to hear him play a little bit more, play the piano near the end of the service as well. But uh, music and, and worship are a couple of his passions that he uh, works hard at, and we're proud of him. And by the way, he can play any instrument on stage, so if you ever need a band member, just, just let him know. Um, my wonderful wife, Andrea, sitting over here, she is, I would say, catching her breath after working many years on the mission field, leading anti-trafficking ministries. That is extremely stressful and difficult. Um, but I'll give you a quick update on the, the, the ministries that Andrea was responsible for that she started and ran. One of them was, you guys may remember from our last time here several years ago, she uh, started several rescue homes for girls who had been trafficked. And uh, it's, uh, we've got three girls right now that, that, that home, the homes are still supporting. One of them is uh, studying international business at a university in Bangkok. Uh, another one is about to be a, a proud and wonderful mother for the first time. And uh, the third girl already finished college and is now teaching English. It's all three of them are just doing wonderfully. Um, We've got some hard stories of other girls that, that we uh, had through our rescue homes as well. Um, a couple of our girls returned to their traffickers 
um, due to family pressure and guilt. A couple of our girls had so much trauma in their lives that they now live in psychiatric institutions. So there's difficulties as well. But all of our girls know that they're, we're always there for them if they want to reach out and they need help. Um, and the best news of all, with every girl that ever has come through the rescue homes, every single one of them accepted Jesus and got baptized. So we're thankful for that. You may remember three years ago, we announced a movie that my wife also co-produced. It's an anti-trafficking awareness movie called A Love Betrayed. And uh, that movie not only won an award in the USA, but it's uh, con- continues to spread throughout Asia, been translated in several languages, and still working on translations for a few more. And our rescue home dad is the one primarily helping to spread it through Thailand even more, getting it through the school systems there. So it's doing well. And then the last ministry that Andrew was also leading was a community drop-in center and kind of a mini church plant uh, in the most trafficked city, part of our city. Um, and it is, that, that ministry is thriving. The community there is showing continued interest in Christianity. Uh, increased numbers of people come to the weekly Bible studies. People are getting saved. And all of that is now happening through Christian uh, Asian leaders that we transitioned to. So thankfully, before we left Thailand, we were able to transition all of our ministries to new leaders, and they're continuing, so that's great. Um, my ministry in Thailand, I led a ministry called the Asia Leaders Learning Community, whose focus was to develop the future generations of Asian mission leaders. Um, that I handed over to uh, an Asian uh, international YWAM leader. YWAM is the mission organization we were with. Uh, he's a senior elder in the mission, and he has taken it and just done an incredible job uh, reaching out to literally thousands of emerging Asian missionaries and uh, kind of our future generation of mission leaders in Asia. So that's, that's exciting. Um, and then, of course, our son, Graham. Um, you know, when, when we started missions, he was two. We traveled all over Asia. By the, by the age of five, Graham had already filled up his passport. That's how many countries he went to by the age of five. And everywhere we went, Graham was the center of attention. If, if any of you remember him, he was just this cute, adorable little kid. And he, he's, still, he's still cute, but he was really cute back then. And, uh, <clears throat> and he just attracted people to us anywhere we went. So he, Graham's always been a part of our ministry. Um, and, but I'd say in his last four years of high school in Thailand, he kind of came into his own and did a lot of his own ministry. Uh, he launched into the music ministry, um, and uh, mostly through the church and through his, his uh, Christian school that he attended, um, as well as playing music in the community. Uh, and we were just really proud of how he role modeled using his passions and gifts um, while he was in Thailand for his last few years. Um, by the way, forgot to mention, I was so excited to hear Pastor Brandt talk about your goal of serving 22,000 people or 22,000 hours uh, this year. That is awesome, and I can't believe you beat the number by so much. Congratulations. Um, serving, that's, that's what I want to end my time talking about, actually, is serving. And uh, you guys have obviously figured it out if you got so many hours in already, but I want to give you... Um, a challenge and an encouragement of how you can increase that number even more. And in doing so, um, 
really enjoy it and feel fulfilled by all those serving hours. So I'm going to talk about a, a way to really think about how you can serve and make the biggest impact. Um, so, you know, one thing for Andre and Graham and I is we always are trying to figure out how can we serve? What's the best way we can serve? And, and we all know that you can serve anytime and anywhere you are in the world here, at home, at school, at church, at work, overseas, right? There's always opportunities to serve. So where can I tap in and how can we serve? So we're always trying to figure that out. Um, there's three particular things that I find really helpful in determining how I can serve, how we can serve. And I just want to share those with you quickly. Um, you know, God put us all on this planet to serve, like Pastor Brent was talking about, right? We're all on a mission for God to serve him, to bring others to Christ, and to help disciple others. And uh, we can do it anytime, anywhere. So um, as I end today, as I share these three things, I'd like to encourage you and to challenge you to reflect on these three things I'm going to mention uh, and to think about ways that you can partner with God to serve even more and really, really enjoy it in the process. So here are the three things. And by the way, so Graham's going to play keyboard behind this for a little bit while we're, while we're talking. And hopefully it'll inspire you as God speaks to you as to how you can be serving. So the three things in determining purpose and how you can serve. First thing is passion. Second is gifting. And the third is looking at the needs of the world around you. So I'm going to start with passions real quick. Passion simply means, what are you passionate about? What do you love to do? What brings you joy when you do it? What brings you life and energy when you do it? Those are all examples of things that God uniquely created in you to be passionate about. And every one of us is different. What what gives us life, what what gets us excited. But what is it for you? that God made you passionate about. And I want, I want us to spend a, a minute or two at the end of there to, to think about those things. And like Pastor Brant said, I think you all have a piece of paper, maybe a, a card there. Um, as I'm ending, you can jot down your thoughts on these things uh, and see what God highlights to you. So passions is the first thing to think about as we're thinking about serving. The second thing is giftings. And again, it's simple, but it's, what do you feel like you're gifted at? And it doesn't have to be a spiritual gift, just any kind of skill that you have, anything you feel like you're good at. Um, You don't have to be the best in the world at it, but what's something that you know you're good at, that you're confident in, that maybe people have complimented you about? What are some of those things? So it doesn't really matter how simple your gifts are or how complex they are or how unique they are. God gave each and every one of us particular things that we're good at. Every one of us, right? So, that, so again, we're looking at what did God create us to be passionate about? You uniquely. What did he create you to be passionate about? What did he create you uniquely to be good at doing? And where do those things intersect? Where, the things I'm passionate about and I'm good at. Because you're going to think of some things that you're passionate about, but you're not that good at. And you're going to think of some things you're good at that you don't really love that much. But where do the two intersect, Right? things that I'm passionate about and things that I love and things that I'm good at. And the last thing is thinking about what are the needs of the world around me? And again, I think this is what you guys have been focusing on this year, but what do you notice uh, that those around you need help with? 
what kind of problems or challenges or even injustices might they be facing. You might think of people in your neighborhood, in your extended family, in your children's school, in this church, or in the larger community around you. But what have you noticed that people need help with around you? Because again, that's what it's all about, right? So the idea here is, again, if we think about what we're passionate about, what we're really good at, and what the needs are around us, when you see where the, all three of those things collide, where they intersect, where they have a commonality, I'm passionate about it, I'm good at it, and somebody needs help with that. That's your ideal spot. That's your ideal place where you can be serving, right? And you're going to get a huge amount of joy from that. You're going to get a great amount of fulfillment about it. And you're going to be super impactful when you do it because you're good at it and you're passionate and people need it. So as we end, as I end my time with you here today, um, I just want to give us a little time and give God some space to speak to every one of us and let him highlight to you a little bit about what, how he's created you to serve. So Graham's playing in the background. Um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm reminded by the way of, um, one verse from first Peter four verse 10 that says each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So, um, as I give us just a, a minute or two of silence here, I would love for you to, if you have something to write with, write down what comes to mind when you think about your passions, what comes to mind when you think about your gifts, and what do you know about the the needs of the world around you, and maybe just ask God to highlight, how do you want to use me, Lord, right? Um, So let me pray into this, and then just give us another minute or two of silence and see see what God says to you. If you want to open up your phone and write notes in your phone, you can do that too. Father God, I just thank you for this church. We are so thankful. I know my family is so thankful for the generosity of this church, for their faithful service, for how they want to give back to the world and to the community, and they want to have an impact for your kingdom, for your glory. Lord, right now we're seeking and asking you to give each and every one of us clarity about how we can personally uh, be most effective in serving you and serving the community and serving the needs of people around us. So Lord, I ask that as we take a minute or two of silence that you would highlight to each and every one of us, just remind us of how you uniquely created us with our passions, with our giftings, our skills, and give us insights as to how we could be serving those around us in such a way that's impactful and that brings us life. I just pray into... 1 Peter 4.10 and say, Lord, help each and every one of us truly live out and use the gifts that you've given us to be a blessing to others and to serve others. So Lord, right now we just silence ourselves and, and let you speak to us as we seek to understand how you want us to serve in your kingdom at this time. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Fairview Church Podcast. To find out more about our church, please visit us online at www.myfairview.org.